One quick announcement before we get started on today's podcast, guys. Greg McCoy over at Hidden Gym, he and his team are going to be hosting the 12th annual Show of Strength Powerlifting Meet, July the 24th in Allen, Texas. Guys, this meet is phenomenal. I can personally vouch for how great Greg and his team are at running a very smooth and entertaining powerlifting meet. It was one of the best experiences I've ever had in a powerlifting meet last year. I competed last year. I'm going to compete again this year. They have a DJ there, which is phenomenal. They're going to cater food, which is very unheard of when you go to powerlifting meets for a gym to provide food for the lifters and commentators. You're going to have professional photographers and videographers. They're going to have professional guests come. So big boy from the strength cartel is going to be there. Power lifter Lauren Alvarez is going to be there. And world's strongest man competitor Robert Oberst is going to be there. They're going to have plenty of things for the audience to interact with. They're going to have strongman events. they got the powerlifting meet. They're going to have the DJ going. And I'm sure there's going to be multiple different things going on. Guys, remember, this is July the 24th in Allen, Texas at the Hidden Gym. Feel free to contact Greg McCoy over at Hidden Gym in Allen, Texas. The information or link for this will be in the description of this podcast. It's also in the link on my bio, uh, ZachFant18 on Instagram. This this link will tr- take you directly to the Hidden Gym's website. If you're interested in competing in this event, it'll take you directly to the registration for this. And that link is also over on the Hidden Gym's Instagram page. Guys, we hope to see you there. You don't want to miss this event. Have a good one. Well, how are you doing, Robin? Ah, uh, well, how are you? Doing pretty good. Having kind of a lazy Saturday. Oh, that must be nice. I got to go to work in a bit. This is the downfall. I work in service industry. This is the downfall of it because I'll go to work. My day like really doesn't start till like three or four p.m. Because yeah. so. that's usually when people come out and the busiest. Yeah, we got here in Texas a major um, golf tournament this weekend called the Byron Nelson, uh-huh. and that people are coming out and people are getting wild because you can uh, drink on that course. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> all golf courses you can drink on. Yeah, true. Because when I I was like the only person when we golfed in our group that didn't drink. So usually what happened is I would be the guy like, hey, since you don't drink, we'll make sure you're good. Usually what happens is the other teams, you'd play tournaments. Like we don't play like the Byron Nelson Classic or nothing like that. Right. They play scrambles and there's like a couple thousand dollars on the line. Everybody mm-hmm. gets hammered. I'm sober. Yeah. <laughs> so usually, yeah. <laughs> so how did, uh, how did working in the service industry affect be how did you how were you affected working in the this industry when COVID hit and kind of going through there the struggles of it oh man COVID was wild I remember being at my restaurant on the night when our governor was about to announce us shutting down and we were just all standing there and I mean people that night it was weird people weren't really coming in anyway because they were already getting scared of COVID we get shut down and 
luckily unemployment was a thing. So yeah. every couple of weeks I was getting a lot of unemployment money. Um, yeah. So that was March. We got shut down in March and we didn't open back up till May. And that whole time, yeah, I was able, I was riding unemployment good. <laughs> um, um, so good that I was able to hire a powerlifting coach. <laughs> no. That's Christian awesome. Anto. Yeah. Because people don't know, but I have the same coach as Zach. So team, but that's when I hired him. <laughs> or Team Mohawk Method. Yeah. I should have worn my shirt. That's yeah. Okay. I got my Chalk Zone shirt on, so it count. I thought about wearing that too. And then I was like, I know you'll wear that. And that'd be weird. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like the seminar uh, at the Hidden Gym. You uh, thought about wearing yours. She's like, you know, Zach will wear his. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like. Um, Trevor and Tony would have been like, what the heck? Yeah. These kids, <laughs> There's well, like enough judgment that day with yeah. our actual kids. <laughs> they, they were awesome though. I enjoyed that a lot. That was a lot of fun. Like good on you for like putting that together with Greg. That was awesome. So, it was, um, didn't I run the idea by you? Where, yeah. I think we talked about it. Yeah. Cause how did it come up? I don't know. We were oh, talking about it. Yeah, you were like, oh, I still keep in contact with him from the meet. Yeah. And I was like, I wonder if we could get a seminar there. And you were like, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's Greg's talking about wanting to do something else again at the la- la- end of this year. Ooh. So I don't know what that's going to be or who it's going to be. Yeah. If I have any say, mm. so I, I would like to see Christian and them show up. I would like you to attend a seminar that him and Julia put on. I would love to. Oh, man. They are seminars, in my opinion, for a lifter on a hands-on perspective, learning technique work, mm-hmm. theirs work better in that aspect. In the teachings yeah. of, like, all things coaching, Tony's and them's were, is a better, like, as a trying to be educated as a coach, Tony yeah. and Trevor's seminar was perfect for that. Right. Uh, Christian and Julia's is teaching you how to be a better lifter. Okay. Technical yeah, work yeah. and that kind of stuff. And that was to me, I got to, get, to go to both of those mm-hmm. and it was great. It's, it's really great. So I don't know. I learned a lot. Christian pulled me over to the side is in Alabama and Christian pulled me to the side and was like, Hey, I'm gonna have you go last. Because you've worked with me forever, you're an adv- probably more advanced than the rest of these people. I don't, I didn't believe it for a second. Mm-hmm. But as usual, he's always harping on me for not believing in myself. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but he was like, I- "I'm gonna have you go last and kind of use you as my guinea pig for all of these this, the, the people here." And I was like, "Okay." So it was pretty cool. It was, awesome. it was I neat. I just from when so Christian came down. For Zach to meet the show of strength last year. And lucky for me, living right here, I was like, hello, I would love to meet my coach and see Zach compete. So the day before the meet, Christian wanted to train and I brought him to my gym. It's a different gym than where I go to now, but at the time. And it just in like the couple hours I was with him, it's so amazing. Even just knowing his eyes are there. Like it's honestly mm-hmm. a little scary. Like when he starts watching you and starts yelling stuff. Like I remember I was doing, I had to do sumos, I think for like a three rep max. And I started and he yells head. 
And I looked at him and I said, I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> I was literally like, what? What with my head? And I remember yeah, no. he took his hand on my sweaty head and he put his hand right or I'm sweating so much, his hand right on it and he goes, push, push it in my hand. Yeah. And I did it. And I was like, oh. And it fixes everything from your hip position all the way up to your shoulders. It's weird. Yeah. And it's wild just having him right there and he can actually like mm-hmm. touch and maneuver. And oh, it's so hard with remote coaching. His technical yeah. eye, I've never met anybody has, in person, my personal opinion, I have not met anybody who has a better technical eye than him. And he catches it on video, yeah. too. Just There's like so that. many things where he'll be like, what are you doing with your toes when you're squatting? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> you see it? Yeah. Huh. And I get in oh, trouble yeah. because I don't send enough videos. Okay, he said that on your last podcast. Yeah. Like you're not good at updating. <laughs> no, I'm not. But I don't know. It's just kind of, I've always been like uber self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. And having a coach in general is out of my normal nature. But yeah. I know how necessary it is. And then I have this unwavering loyalty to people. Mm-hmm. And Christian has honestly taken me, and I know he didn't do all the work. I know that, but I don't believe I'd be where I am today without him, especially as healthy as I am today. Because he has mentored me a lot. Like there's a lot of mentoring that he's done for me Um, from making big boy decisions and those kind Mm -hmm. of things to holding off on stuff or, you know, now might be a time potentially top stuff, you know, pulling back on the reins when I'm wanting to be a hothead ego lifter. He's like, all right, kid, you got to stop. I remember <laughs> my last heavy deadlift session before the show of strength last year. Mm-hmm. It was like 640 or something. And I missed it. My Aww. first try. And I was mad. So... I did send him that video, and then I also sent him the video where I tried it again, and I completed it. And he called me. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. I cannot even tell why. He goes, you knucklehead. He said, do you have any idea how dumb that was? I said, I know it. I said, I was mad. I missed it the first time because I was impatient. I got out of position. He goes, I could have told you that's why you missed it. He said, I can tell you missing it today has nothing to do with how you're going to pull it on me day. And I was like, I just had to, I had to pull it. I knew I just had to have that. He goes, that's ego lifting, Zach. It's ego lifting. I was like, yes, sir. <laughs> Wild to me that the definition for him of ego lifting is like, that seems like such a high level where like to me, I don't necessarily feel like that's ego lifting. Cause you're not just like, I'm just going to max out today. That's yeah. when I think ego lifting, but you're so advanced enough. And Christian's mindset is so advanced enough where now ego lifting is, well, I missed it and I want to get it. Yeah. So So we we looked and I, at that time I didn't understand it, but Mm -hmm. I was, you ever see those cartoons where there's, they run up to the edge of a cliff and there's a small little cliff on the other side, but it's a huge gap. Yeah. And it's an iffy distance if they can make it or not. Well, going from where I was, was still on this cliff. 
And in that prep yeah. for that meet of where I was wanting to go to advanced, I was stepping into a new realm and I was making a massive leap of faith. Yeah. And he was telling me there's so many unknowns in that gap in that space between the two mountains. Mm-hmm. He said, you can't let your ego get in the way or you're going to fall right smack dab in the middle of it. I see. Oh, I like that. I mean, that, that, that's how I had to look at it. Like, mm-hmm. this is not something that he told me, but that's how I have to look at it. But he yeah. explained it to me. He goes, Zach, you're going from somebody who is potentially a elite level lifter to wanting to throw it away because you want to know you can complete a lift. Oh, oh, that's heavy when you think of it like that. That's where the ego comes in. Yeah. You need to pad yourself and make yourself feel better because you want to complete a lift for what? Right. What difference does it make? You miss it. It's training. It happens. Yeah, it's in the gym. Yeah. And then my second attempt, I don't even know what it was, but I know it was heavier than 640. Mm-hmm. And it moved really well. At the meet, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just remember someone in the crowd spectating that meet. I could hear people just being like, who's that kid? <laughs> hey. coach? Like, cause yeah, people were just like, yeah, it's form not breaking down like hardly at all. Because we saw some people there who squat. Yeah turn good mornings and I mean stuff that happens it's basically a max effort lift so we expect it but I was even like looking at Christian like this this is what happens when people yeah. stay with you like what yeah. and that's was cool. three and a half four years working with Christian at that time and yeah. but if you look at all my videos from meets with him potentially the same thing now my form my technique has gotten better over time but mm-hmm. if you watch my meet day performances, my technical my, my technical breakdowns, mm-hmm. don't not much happens on meet day. Not no, much, no, and it's and so that's cool. the way it should be. Because I can't wait, for yeah, that. <laughs> it, it there's a switch. Like if some people struggle with it, like Christian, he struggles with like the anxiety of it, and the, for some mm-hmm. reason he has that issue. Um, I don't really have that issue. There's a lot of stressors but they don't affect me the same way. It doesn't make me sick. I get worried about people looking at me. I worry about that. But there's this switch that on meet day, it's like, okay, let's have fun. Because it took me a while to figure out that training is going to be so much more complicated than what the meet day is going to be. Just think about it from a conjugate perspective. Uh You use a camera bar, use a safety squat bar. You're going to use bands. You're going to use chains. You're going to use a box. You got these tempo squats. You got this. You got that. On meat day, on meat day, it's like the bars on there. They load it for me, and all I got to do is lift it. (laughs) Really? (laughs) So you have all these different stressors removed. Mm -hmm. Granted. There are added stressors, but those, in my opinion, are stressors that motivate lifters to be better. Yeah. Some people crack even, under that. Yeah. And then some people don't. And what were you saying? Oh, just those stressors aren't even that bad. Like, I remember seeing you and I said something to Ashley, your wife, and I was like, why does he look so calm? Like, this, she's like, as long as he gets that first squad, he's good. He's chilling. I was like, he already looks like he's chilling. And <laughs> I want to be like that. But I feel like at a meet too, meets are so 
casual where, yeah, people are there to watch their lifter, but so much is going on when you're lifting. Like it's not always like all eyes on you. Maybe by mm-hmm. third attempt deadlift, like yeah. heck yeah, everyone wants to see that. Everyone's amped up. But when it's your first squat, I feel like half the crowd's like still trying to find seats and yeah. get their lifter situated. And, and especially when <laughs> they have multiple flights. Yeah, you get tired. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was I was kind of glad that they had multiple flights. Mm-hmm. Last year, like, there were a few technical difficulties, but it no fault of anybody's. Things, th- electronics mess up. It's, you know, that happens. It's nobody's fault. But outside of that, that was an extremely well-ran meet. Oh, yeah, it was smooth. And the atmosphere was fantastic. The crowd was the pretty. Death- yeah. Um, you the, said you already submitted this? Yeah. I heard that was, um, yeah. I didn't submit them. Um, I don't know if I can. What did I say? Was I going to tell everybody what they were? You, I don't know. You didn't on that podcast. I'm not going to. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> One song is the same, though. One song, maybe two. <laughs> maybe two. I don't know. You got to look back. Videos and see what's playing. I know exactly what three were playing. Stupid Girl oh, okay. by Code, Here to Stay by Corn, yeah. and then House of Pain Jump Around. Which was fun. People that like was, that. Yeah. yeah. I like, of course, that's like, that's like my deadlift song. Like, I like it. It's a, it kind of gets me out of my head. Yeah. I'm going to pick some weird ones. Like, I feel like the kind of music I listen to is a lot of metal and I don't think I'm going to go like with any metal for this. Like my guys in my gym were like, no, let's do like careless whisper and weird stuff like that. Yeah. So we might, it's going to be stuff where people are like, huh? But the only caveat to that is I feel like if you're going to go weird, like you better get those deadlifts. You better like, own that crap. Yeah. It's going to suck if I get up there and then can't pull it. So I like it <laughs> because at the end of the day, we're lifting weights. Mm-hmm. It's not that serious. No. If we're at deadlifts, by now, we're at deadlifts. Unless you're going for some ridiculous total, some world record or whatever, it's not that serious. Even then, it's not that serious. How many pitchers in Major League Baseball do you see have some kind of crack joke when the inning ends or something like that or smiles when they throw some goofy strike on somebody that should, you know, even in the World Series, they do it football games like the mics get put on those guys and these guys are playing in the super bowl knocking the crap out of each other talking about having a burger with them later it's like they're having fun but they're playing the hardest now if people in sports that are getting paid hundreds of millions of dollars can realize hey we're playing a sport we're getting paid to do what we love and have fun doing it even though this game does mean a lot to us we can still have fun. If they can do it, we're not getting paid as powerlifters. No. Setting a record no. in a powerlifting meet isn't that important. Have some fun. Enjoy yourself. It's not that serious. Right. Because nobody's checking open powerlifting except other powerlifters. Other powerlifters. Like, <laughs> I broke into top 30 last year at 220 in wraps. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, really that cool. Yeah. Now, <laughs> who knows where I'm at now? But at that, because I text Christian that, and he was like, holy cow, really? Yeah, I broke into the top 20 um, at 220 in wraps for 
that year. I just wanted to see because yeah, I filtered it because I did uh, the year. Yeah, raw with wraps in my weight class, and I was top thirty, and I was pretty ecstatic about that. And I think in overall, I was like seven thousand or something like that. It was something crazy. (laughs) Right then, you put yeah, take the filters off. It's like yeah, and see, but there's of course, and that's fine with me. But to say squatting and wraps, classic raw, my weight class for the year of two thousand and twenty, I was top twenty. Top, top 30 that year at least that and that's a massive pool of people that's over 50,000 people in that yeah so that's like holy cow so it made me right? feel good it made me feel real good and but no one knows that around here like I don't know if you can nope. see it but I've got a picture of my article oh yeah it is that's so cool I told my dad about it and he goes oh that's cool I'm like ah. <laughs> Like they knew, like me writing. They raised me to go to school in school. They knew how bad I hated English and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And obviously, by the listeners, how I talk, you can tell I'm not an English major. <laughs> so funny. writing an would... article is a challenge for me. And I even like I sent it to like even Robin here. I sent it to her. I sent it to my friend Ryan. I even sent it to my mom. I sent it to Ashley. <laughs> I was yep. like, hey, will y'all read this and make sure I'm not sounding like a complete idiot? <laughs> and there were a few grammar issues, which I expected. But yeah. overall, everybody was like, it's really good. And then my mom was like, did you write this, Zach? <laughs> she said, Zachary. She goes, did you actually write this, Zachary? It's like, yes, ma'am, I did. She goes, well, I'm impressed. And that's it. <laughs> and then when it got published... I told them about it and they were like, okay. I was like, what in the world? What do I got to do? <laughs> but no one knows. You know what I'm saying? Like powerlifting is so small compared to what the broad spectrum of life is in this world. Like, you know, to me in powerlifting, getting, getting a article published by Elite FTS it's like the New York yeah. Times publishing, an, you know, a journalist story. And yeah. that's like, you it's made big. it. Yeah, it's big time. And it's like, holy cow. And I was more excited about that than my elite total. Yeah, I remember you saying that with Christian. Yeah, because like, that was a completely different challenge for me. And it challenged me in ways that I was never challenged before, mm-hmm. even prepping for a meet for 16 weeks. Well, actually nearly 20 yeah. weeks because COVID pushed the meat back. Right. It's so interesting too with when you tell someone that doesn't know what powerlifting is, you're like, Oh, I power lift. I've had so many people who are like, That's the thingy where you throw the barbell up in the air and <laughs> that's Olympic lifting. <laughs> like, oh no. But okay, I will say when I first learned about powerlifting, I was a trainer for something called Camp Gladiator, which is I don't think you guys have it in Arkansas, but we have it here. It's in Florida, it's in North Carolina, it's in Colorado. It's basically an outdoor fitness kind of boot camp program but mm-hmm. it's always outdoors so I was a trainer for this and I mean it's a lot of cardio but we have dumbbells people are listening with dumbbells and whatnot and um it's kind of awful because when I say always outdoors if it's raining if it's snowing if anything like that's happening it's still outdoors you better hope that you are at a like parking lot or location yeah. that has like an awning you can go under it's rough 
But anyway, I was doing this. And as a trainer, it's kind of hard to go to other trainers. We call them camps because everyone's running camp at the same time you are. And when I started this training journey, I was like, I don't have a way to work out anymore. So I would start going to the gym and I realized like, I want to be strong. I want to be strong, but I didn't know what that meant. So I had a friend who's also a camp gladiator trainer. And I remember one day he goes, I think you should try powerlifting. I think you'd really like it. And I kid you not, like the first thing I said in reply was, well, I don't know how to snatch. So I was that person too. (laughs) And he went, oh no. He goes, will you Google it for me before she goes, no. And I Googled and saw squat bench and deadlift. And I was like, that's so cool. I want to learn that. Mind you, the only squatting I had done with a barbell was like those fixed barbells in the gym. Like Mm -hmm. you can pick it up and it says pounds or 30 throwing one of those on my back and squatting <laughs> and I never put a bar in my hands a bench and I've never done it with deadlifts just dumbbells so mm. it was real fresh but yeah I laugh now when people are like isn't that the thing where you do the snatching and the jerking and I'm like no but I thought that too <laughs> <laughs> yeah a lot of people <laughs> don't have an idea because even my parents still don't really know powerlifting they've been to a couple of my meets and they're still like it's just lifting weights I'm like yeah, it's still just some weights. <laughs> cool. I think maybe too because weightlifting is actually an Olympic sport. Yes, and people, people are more that. familiar with that. And because I think yeah. my parents, they asked, "Is this an Olympics?" I was like, "No." <laughs> They're like, "I'm like the show might get on ESPN. That'll be cool. That would be cool if they make it on ESPN." But yeah. that would be. I think the WPO is on ESPN. World Powerlifting Ooh. Organization or something like that. That's yeah. a multiply thing. Yeah, the guys at the gym are always talking about WPO. Yeah. And then they're going, our, so our meet's APF. Mm-hmm. And some of the guys in my who are like single ply and multiply are going to travel to Florida soon for APF Nationals. Yeah. So that's going to be interesting. But yeah, I guess APF does a lot with. WPO and equipped yes. I don't know. It gets very complicated. A lot of times like APF gets a bad rap for like squat depth and stuff. I can tell you mm-hmm. this, the APF in the Dallas, Texas area, the Allen, Texas area, those meat directors, whoever they are, I don't know them personally. They are strict. Uh, very yeah, my strict. They're thing. very strict. Cause oh, I remember multiple squatters who would unrack a bar and that bar wasn't completely still. They never get a squat command. Right. Wouldn't, wouldn't at know. all. Um, even Seth, um, my godson, like they were like, "What's yeah. going on?" And she's like, "That bar's moving." And he finally got it still and got a squat command. Yeah, because I remember seeing him, and I was just like, "Why isn't she giving it to him?" But you're right; that was what happened. Yeah, his the bar was moving mm-hmm. some, and it, the bar's got to be moment like completely. Uh, I wouldn't say still. And when you hit depth, you got to break parallel. Yeah. My gym owner, the same thing. He goes, he he said the exact same thing. He goes, APS gets a lot of crap about Seth, but APS Texas judges are strict. So he said, you better sink it. And I told that to Christian and Christian goes, now I don't want you to start changing your squat form. Like we're just now getting consistent. He goes, stop worrying about depth right now. On meat day. Like it's crazy. Like people, a lot of people say don't do it because meat day, it's going to be there. On a lot of cases, it will. Because I can promise you mm-hmm. this. In gym shorts and a t-shirt, 
my squats at parallel, if I was wearing a singlet, I'm two inches to an inch to two inches below parallel. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been making sure I'm squatting really deep here lately for whatever reason. I don't know why Mm -hmm. I'm squatting so deep right now. (laughs) I'm just doing it because it feels good still. So I have no pain. So I'm just going to keep doing it. And if I cut one a little high, it's going to be below parallel. So it's like, okay. Because like, I I remember we was talking about the squat depth thing. And I had you look at those Instagram posts. And it's like, I broke parallel, but I didn't have to, you know, sink it all the way down to the ground. That was interesting when Christian came here and trained. I remember I had to squat that day too. And he was watching. And I remember finishing a set. And I was like, I don't think that was deep enough. He was like, it was plenty deep enough. So Mm -hmm. what we think is depth versus what's actually parallel. And it's interesting. It's nice to have his eyes on that a I, lot of things I feel like, go ahead oh i was just gonna say i feel like at the meet i kind of want someone to call up for me so i don't like go to no you don't want don't. that you don't want to do depend <laughs> on that because then if something happens who you gonna blame yeah that's true so like a lot of times when we're talking about squat depth people look at the hip crease that is like kind of in the middle of like where your glute the side mm-hmm. of your glutes are kind of where your leg is <clears throat> and you can't really call depth there it's more in the crease up closer to where your hip actually is, where your waist is. Yeah. It's more up there. Um, a lot of times people want to call it way down there low because it makes them be able to squat higher. higher. So with the WRPF, um, the way the rules state, and in every federation that states, the hip crease, and then you look at any definition of any picture of any anatomy charts anywhere, the hip crease is at that upper spot. Not down there low, okay. not down there real low. And the top of the knee is not where your quad is. It's actually where the knee is, the actual knee, like where the knee cap is, the mm-hmm. top of the knee cap. I got you. Right okay. there, straight across. And it doesn't have to be a, an inch below parallel. It's just got to break parallel. Just got to break that right. line. That's all it's got to do. And there are some people, like bigger folks, like we have a, a bigger girl trains here. And a lot of times when she squats, like Dan Bale, like he squats and he sits down and, and he comes up. From the side, it still looks really high. Mm-hmm. But with somebody that big, the norm doesn't, you can't do that. The norm doesn't fit them. It's hard to, it's hard to judge. Because our legs is as big around as our waist. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you look at Dan Bale's legs, they're, you know, they're massive. Yeah. Or like Ray Williams and guys like that. So whenever they squat, you have got to use a completely different mindset. You have to physically see them sit down into the hole. You have to see that. If they don't, they're not squatting to parallel at least. Even the equipped guys at my gym, they go over it with me and they're like, people talk mess about equipped depth all the time, but you have to, the squat is a different pattern and the way you judge that depth is a bit different, but mm-hmm. okay. Granted, there's a lot of equipped lifting where it's really squat, high. squats are high and they get, they get white lights for it. But he was saying if it's done right, like depending on the camera view or wherever you're looking at it, it may not look like it's depth when it is. But here's the thing though. The rule books, even for geared lifting is to parallel. Right. 
So I wonder though, with those briefs or that suit, does that make it harder or easier to? It, well, yeah. our the podcast with Zach, he's a multiply lifter. He'll straight up tell you. Oh yeah. He says there is no excuses for misdepth in multiply gear. Nice. And he does. He's he's lifted raw, single ply, and multiply. And he says there's mm-hmm. no excuses. And he's got over a two thousand uh, pound total at two twenty. Yeah. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. Then. He knows what he's doing. And he says there's no reason for miss uh, depth uh, squats on in multiply gear. He'll just hit the hole. It's no excuses. Mm-hmm. So if he can tell me that, then and I watched Matt Mitchell, who is known for kind of squatting high. Um, mm-hmm. who knows? I, I've never seen him in person squat high, but I did handle him in a meet where he squatted like a thousand thirty, and I watched him break parallel with it in yeah. a multiply gear suit. See, one thing I wonder too is when someone's going for a squat like that, or like when Dan Bell at the Kern was going yeah. for this like eleven hundred pound squat, like. Who wants to be the judge that red lights Dan Bell? Like, nobody wants to do that. So, granted, I think the squat was great. I think he hit depth. But, like, imagine if he didn't. This is where powerlifting gets a little weird to me. It's like, if I were sitting in that seat, man, I would have, I don't know if I could red light him. I don't care. Earn your white lights. You get a red light until you earn a white light. Yeah. When I I was judging meets and things like that, I tell them, you have to earn the white lights. The red light's guaranteed unless you earn the white one. Uh, you just need two. <laughs> you just need two. And <laughs> if it's somebody I know, I'll tell them I'm giving you a red light, so you better hope the other two give you white lights. I'm joking, <laughs> no. of course, but everybody knows I I'm like not going to give somebody an easy ride. There's no way. Yeah. So speaking about gotta... the... Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, that was it. I thought there's just got to be a standard. Yeah, and it's got to be met. And I think the mm-hmm. standard should be fairly close to the same across all federations. Right. Like I, a lot of people don't like the idea of having a lot of federations. I like it because I don't like the elitist mentality mm-hmm. and not everybody's going to have one federation. And what they're doing with that is they're going to limit how many meets that can be put on. And they're going to take powerlifting that has grown so much in the last 10 years and they cut it down to a few federations. You're going to choke it off so hard. Like you're going to lose, I bet you 80% of the population that you gained by going, well, there should only be two or three federations. Well, great. Well, who's going to come to Arkansas? Who's going to come to Texas? And who's going to put on the 50 meets a year that are in Arkansas or the 50 meets a year that are in Texas. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it sucks, you know, to have to travel to Northern Arkansas all the time to compete, but at least there's some meets in Arkansas. You start getting rid of federations. There's going to be none. Even here. And I'm like right outside of Dallas, even here for me to find a meet as close as I did being that show of strength, like that was huge. And then I saw it was APF. I was like, I don't really know anything about APF, but I can sleep in my own bed the night before this meet. This yeah. gym's like five minutes away. Like, let's do it. I don't have to travel. Yeah. So that's huge. You're going to have to travel. Sorry, but. <laughs> Dallas. <laughs> be fun. Yeah. It's like going to my second home. Yeah. You know it well enough. Now. Oh yeah. I've been there so many times. Um, it'd be nice. And I need to come down 
on one of my heavy squat days and lift out there with y'all in y'all's gym. Yeah. It's on a Sunday for yeah. me, though. My squat yeah, day's Sunday on Sundays. We are open. I think Sunday's a little weird. It's like 12 to 4 or 5, just because it's such a small gym. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, for those who don't know, my gym is located in a bank building. <laughs> Y'all, That's I literally awesome. have to like, walk into a bank. I turn to the left, and it's this gym called uh, North Dallas Strength. But when you walk into it, like, we have um, an elite FTS monolith. We have a ton of different specialty bars. We have numerous power racks from combo racks. Yeah, the combo racks. Um, so yeah, we got it's a powerlifting gym for sure. And people who wander into it and don't know powerlifting are either going to love it or hate it because they mm-hmm. either want to learn it or they don't know what they're doing in there. And um, any real powerlifter walks in there and go, "Oh, this is heaven." Yeah, it's so nice. There's a McDonald's right. Oh, you can see it out the window, um, <laughs> which all the boys love. I can't do it. Trying to gain weight. Oh no! I can't do it. Um, nope. I'm working with Julia for nutrition, so no. Yeah, I started last month with Paul. He's going to help me get in better shape for this meet and try to get jacked for the first time ever. So yeah, he he wouldn't like to hear me going to McDonald's. Especially Paul. See, I feel like Julia's Canadian. nice enough where she'll be like, okay. "Yeah." Paul's actually <laughs> Paul's really cool. Paul's really cool. But going back, speaking about the Kern. Oh, yeah. I remember you and I talked a little bit, and you said it was kind of kind of deflated you a little bit, seeing how advanced those women were. It was wild for me, and I was so pumped to watch it. And then I started to watch on Sunday with the women, and I was just like, how, how is this even a thing? How is this attainable? How can I be this one day? And I started like sort of panicking. I remember at one point Garrett Fear was talking about rap. I think it was with the guys on Saturday, and a lot of them were wearing those um the chokers. Yeah, from I don't like Brandon. <laughs> Ooh, they're tough. But I remember Garrett said he's like knee wraps are real tough on your form, especially these chokers are real harsh, and they're gonna mess with your squat form a bit. And I like texted or I think I emailed Christian the next day or so. And I was like, I was hearing this at the car and do I need to be worried about knee wraps? And he was like, no. Okay. Well, glad you're comparing yourself to the top lifters in the world right now. <laughs> He's much nicer than I make him yeah. sound guys. He really is. But the Christian way I read fantastic. things, I, I have to laugh because I'm, I, I know what he means. And he, but yeah, so between that and then watching like Hunter Henderson and her amazing deadlift and just what a lot of these women were able to do, mm-hmm. As cool as it was to see, I had a few moments where I was like, this isn't my sport, man. Yeah. I don't I can get on that level, but were you able were you able to take that and use it in a positive manner? Yeah, eventually after like kind of calming down from the hype of it and everyone sort of stopped posting about it, I was able to look at it for what it was and I've talked to numerous people about this. Um I was talking to Riley Presnell about it because she was like look these girls have been doing this for 10 plus years they're doing crazy cuts to get in these weight classes like you cannot look at your journey and then look at their journey like it's the same thing it's not. you have to have your own journey and um there was a girl that competed there Samantha Rice and I actually saw her last weekend at a strongman competition isn't she a Cerberus and, strength athlete also yeah she is yeah so um 
she just to see her in person she's so nice and she had her daughter with her and it's just she was like a regular person that day oh, and yeah. it was cool it's like oh my god a couple of weeks ago you were at the kern squatting like 560 or 590 i don't remember what the amount was but yeah. like it was nothing like sam is one of those like really doesn't have a lot of breakdowns on those lifts and it's wild to watch but then yeah just regular person so yeah. it, that I, helped too that's what i like about powerlifting you can meet the best mm-hmm. powerlifters in the world and they're so yeah. chill. They're just mm-hmm. that intense on that day. It's time to turn my game face on and let's get down to business. And they're the top of the top, the top 1% or half percent in this sport and they're killing it. Yeah. And they're so nice. I'm at, at that same strongman show. I turn and Stacy Burr, Bama Burr She's was fantastic. in there. Oh my God, she's amazing. And I just walked up to her and y'all, like, you'll figure this out. I'm weird anyway, but I just looked at her and I was just like, oh my God. And she's staring at me like, Are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, it's you. She goes, hi, I'm Stacy. I said, I know. And I just like, put my hands on my head and I was like, it's my birthday and it's the best birthday ever now. And she was like, oh my God, you need a hug. <laughs> she's so awesome. She did a seminar did in Fayetteville with Nick Ramey a couple years oh, ago yeah. and Logan Chapman, his mm-hmm. girlfriend at the, t- at the time, now his wife, Emily and Ashley were bringing us some food and we're all sitting there talking and eating and she came up beside me and she goes, I'm about to steal your wife. <laughs> <laughs> She's, She's so cool. She is so cool. She's so, so little. I know, and I thought that, like, when I stood next to her for a picture, that's funny, because she was like, don't out-angle me now. I was like, what? No? (laughs) (laughs) She's small. It's amazing that she lifted what she did, and even training still. Women, women's powerlifting defies all logic. That's what I think got me with the Kern, is I was just like, this doesn't make sense. No. In a good way, but it just doesn't. See, I'm. This is the dude that I am. Like I like as much. My gym members don't believe me, but you'll understand this, and Christian understands this. I hate being the strongest in the gym. I hate it. And it's not fun. It's not fun because like I want somebody present for me to chase. Yeah, it's not challenging if you're at no, the top. Yeah, and I'm this guy. So when I see someone like Stacy deadlifting over 500 pounds, benching over 300 pounds, squatting over 500 pounds, we've had one other guy in our gym to squat over 500 pounds outside of me. I don't think he can do it anymore. Had one other guy bench 300 pounds in our gym. That's not me. And Robert did 495. So only one other person can deadlift 500 plus. Wow. So it's like when I see these women doing this, I always send it to them. Right. <laughs> I always do it. I always do well, it. Well, she can do it. Yeah. Because you got like a 160 pound woman like Hunter squatting yeah. 650, 660, and it looked like the bar. It was wild. Oh my God. I, so this is interesting. I shared, I think it was maybe Iron Rebel did like a hype video for her yeah. before the turn. And I shared it and I, I remember I posted this DM conversation that I got after it. Cause I remember you replied and you were like, who the F is this? 
But somebody replied when I posted her hype video and was like, that chick pisses on the platform. It it's disgusting. <sighs> I'd hate to deadlift after her. Um, and I really didn't want to argue it, so I didn't. But I did say, oh, honey, you think you'd be deadlifting after her? Because you wouldn't. <laughs> be before but, her. <laughs> yeah, you'd be, you won't have to worry You'd be in a different it, flight. But, yeah, you're not you're not on this level, but it's so interesting. And there's that you look like a man page on Instagram. That that page, I can't look at that page too much. I, didn't, I never, and, I've never heard of it. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I'm so on, disconnected from things like that. When you get on Instagram later, just type in "you look like a man," and it's this page where, um, as a lot of user submissions, like women will submit like DMs they get, um. Some of it's even like videos, but it's like vulgar how men will res- will try to respond. Like maybe in their DMs, they'll give unsolicited advice or they might say something like lewd and sexual and just awful. And it's just random I men. I can't stand it. Men like and that so now- need their balls cut off. Yeah. And so I thought about it when this guy was like, she pisses on the platform. And it's just amazing to me that we can't, there are people who can't look at an amazing lifter like Hunter Henderson and see her for what she's doing. All they can see is that she's peeing, yeah. which is normal and fine. And like when you're putting your body under that much stress. Yeah. Newsflash, there's women who jump on a trampoline and the same thing happens. Yeah, it happens. Of, yeah, it's part body. of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, I can't, crazy. I can't stand it because the alpha and whatever type men, beta men, meta men, whatever you want to call them. And I, I, I don't usually use those kind of terms, but I would like to consider myself a man, a manly man. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm fairly old school in a lot of my views and how I carry myself and the way I believe. But at the same time, if you're a man and a strong woman bothers you there's some something's wrong there right like what's going on internally that yeah there's something something look does he have an issue if his boss or supervisor was a female would he have an issue with that see that's when you wonder like how serious is it yeah because that's an issue because what does she not deserve it what is she had she get there? I mean, she worked just as hard as anybody else. You know, she's there. She's outworking you. Yeah. What's the problem? Who cares? She might pee <laughs> herself on the platform. So you yeah. might fart. Who cares? <laughs> I mean, the body's going to do what it wants. Yeah. Under back load. <laughs> I mean, it happens and who cares? Like people that want to say, well, women with muscles are gross. Like men who have a belly that goes over their waistline is disgusting too. Sorry. It's more no, actually I'm not body. sorry. Dad bod's ben. disgusting too. I'm sorry. Dad bod, that's the thing. Dad bods are okay, but no, yeah, it's not okay. Dad- it's completely disgusting and it's not healthy. And <laughs> y- people can call me judgmental all they want, but you, how is it okay to say that a woman can't have muscle, but it's okay for you to be a fat slob? Right. We can't. We can't do and that's, that. And that's what's interesting in powerlifting too is you do see a lot of guys who are like, I'm just going to dirty bulk and take in as many calories because I just want to lift as much as possible. And I feel like with women who may want to do that and are like super heavyweight, like the, it's not as okay in society. And so that's, so, you know, that's aggravating. Are, it's aggravating. 
women who are trying to not have that body fat, but get fat, get strong. Mm-hmm. It just, it, it rubs men the wrong way. It's- Sports. Like this sport, powerlifting, has taken a turn. I think we talked about this, I think, a little bit with Paul and even Christian. That the old school mentality of powerlifting was just get as big as possible mm-hmm. to lift as much and then cut down if you want to. Well, yeah. now you look at it and people are slowly growing into weight classes. Yeah. And they're doing it properly, and they look good. They look healthy, regardless if they really are or not, because you know how it goes. Yeah. But they're taking care of their body as best they can, as healthy as they can, being competitive in a sport. They're not trying to get as fat as possible. To me, that's a very positive thing. Because I, like a lot of people, got into powerlifting I was once doing bodybuilding. I was not a bodybuilder, but I worked out like a bodybuilder. Then I kind of got into CrossFit a little bit. And then Mm -hmm. I found powerlifting. I was always worried about my body composition. And just because I got into a strength sport where the majority of people were fat doesn't mean I should get fat too. I was like, you know, I still want to be healthy. I still want to look decent. (laughs) Like, no, I don't take my shirt off in public, but I want to look good with my shirt off. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think at that meet uh, last year, show of strength uh, 11, I had a six pack <laughs> going into that meet. Not a person in the world knew it. Oh. <laughs> Ash was but like, guys, what is it? Yeah, some of them like, had no business with their shirts off. Has no business. I told with Ashley. It. I told your wife, Ashley, I was like, I'm going to find my husband here. And a few minutes later, I looked at her and I said, never mind. No, I'm not. She goes, they're just, a lot of them are hairy. <laughs> so right. Gorillas. She's like, not even about their size or anything, but why are they got so much hair? Yeah. Because I remember yeah. Mackenzie, we brought her to the meet with us. Yeah. And we was in there and I was changing and I had my shirt off. She goes like, why don't you ever have your shirt off in public? Because yeah. I'm like, I just don't. I was like, I, I'm just not one of those people. It's one of them things. Yeah. Like, and deadlifts. I have a shirt on underneath my singlet. Oh, yeah. And most people, yeah, rip them off. And yeah, it's like, no. eh, I'm not here to parade my body around. I'm here to lift weights and go home and eat. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hungry. <laughs> it's interesting, too, being a female in this, because before I power lifted, I would kind of bodybuild too in the gym mm-hmm. and like at the time at my leanest I think I weighed like 140 and I'm like 5'7 so kind of tall um but I, I could see my abs and now it's interesting with powerlifting like it really had to kind of reset my thinking on the scale because mm-hmm. now like I'll this me I'll be a 181er for this meet as yeah. long as I mess up with my food <laughs> but um Julia keep you on track yeah, she will. It took a long time, though, for me to get comfortable with that weight because I was like 181 pounds. Like, I'm almost 200 pounds. Like, that's not okay. Now I'm like, no, that's totally okay. Yeah, your body it's composition just, is changing. I know. Even Christian, I remember one day, and I had been working with Julia for a bit. I sent him deadlift, and he didn't even critique the deadlift. He goes, how much weight have you lost? Since we started with Julia, and I said, I think almost 20 pounds. Because when I started with Julie, I was like 197. It mm. was like right after the pandemic. Like I was like eating all the food. <laughs> and um, so we got down about 20 pounds. And I just remember sending him a deadlift video. And he was like, you look so different. Like this is mm-hmm. amazing. 
They're lifting the same weight. And I'm sure your leverages are changing. And I was like, thanks, coach. How, how, how did it actually look? <laughs> I appreciate you, but <laughs> this is That's all your awesome. wife's work. Yeah. But it, it's wild to be like, wow, I, I could get good maybe at 181, but maybe one day I'll grow. Maybe I'll be a 198 or maybe we'll try 165. I don't, maybe 181 good. It's you so never interesting. Know. Like, like right now, I wouldn't worry about weight classes that much, especially being your second meet. Don't try to cut weight. I was, I'm an idiot. I've always cut weight. I can't imagine. I am. I'm already like at weight. So just working with Julia, we're just maintaining. Yeah. And I am kind of a good, um, the lightest I weighed this week was two thirty. What are you going to compete at? Two twenty. Two twenty. You got time. <laughs> it depends. I cut like. Next week will be good. Yeah, I'll, oh, yeah, I can cut 10 pounds in a night. Yeah, that's so. wild. Hot tub. See, I don't, I would rather not have to do any of that. Granted, like like we said, I don't need to worry about that right now. I'm no. not trying to, trying to get a total. And I probably should thing. not. I probably shouldn't. It's just that I'll want, I've, I've still got some goals that I want to compete, I'm going to complete at 220. Yeah. My frame in my opinion, is still small for the international elite level to 20 years. Okay. Well, so yeah. I don't look at myself as growing out of 220 yet, even though my weight is still 230. You know, I'm basically six foot. I'm 230, but I can grow a lot. I can put a lot of muscle on my frame and still be in 220. True. So, um, and that's wild is like taking because now you gotta almost take these bodybuilding concepts, and Christian's real good at that, yes, especially in the off season about programming that kind of stuff because yeah. that stuff sucks, my it opinion. sucks, but you they grow work. so much and your body composition starts to look so well. And he can, and it's it, speaking of this is one no topic that I was want to talk about is what it's like working with Christian as a coach since we're you know yeah. teammates. <laughs> Like for me personally, like we're talking about your off season and things like that. When we get in the off season and, you know, in a podcast who was on before, they kind of critiqued him called GPP phase and hypertrophy phase. I found I that very, that. I found that very crucial for me being healthy. Yeah. I think it's important, like understanding and not make my ideology, if I can say that correctly. My identity is not powerlifting. I power lift for a hobby that I love. I am known probably more for that outside of my hometown. But in my hometown, I'm a husband. I'm a son. I'm a gym owner. I'm a Sunday school teacher. I'm known for multiple things. And I, you know, I'm known as a golfer. I'm known as a softball player. Like I'm not known as just a powerlifter. There's a lot of things that I do. I hunt, I work on a tractor, you know, I live out in the middle of the woods. I, I do a lot of things. It's not powerlifting related. Yeah. So when you take 12, 16, 18 weeks to prepare for a meet and it becomes your life for that time period, it is so nice after that to change your focus to, okay, I can work out in the morning because I want to go out and have dinner with my wife or my friends or my family members that evening. 
And I don't want to wake up at four o'clock and feel weak at my max effort attempt day. But no, I can go in there fasted because I'm working on body composition, get a nice hard workout in, get a really nice pump, eat a nice breakfast, go on about your day and make really right. good progress. Some of his, those GPP workouts, you don't really want to eat beforehand. No. I, y'all don't know GPP until you know Christian Anto GPP because it's not okay. <laughs> <laughs> It'll help you. And then, I, you warned me too. <laughs> yes, it, it, they're, they're horrible, but they're so beneficial. And, and what's awesome is when I first started working with him, I, I asked the question of what's going to happen when we get in this strength phase and we're not doing this volume anymore. Am I going to get small and weak? He goes, no, your body over the course of so many weeks, I can't remember how many weeks he told me exactly. He said, we're hitting a fine line there before there's any atrophy of the muscle size. Okay. There's a, there's, you know, he's got scientific principles and reasons and methods behind what, what he's doing in his time frames and this and that. So yeah. if there is any size difference, it's very minuscule. And it's yeah, not noticeable. So, and it's it's weird because when you when when you first start working with a coach, and especially like someone like Christian, you feel overwhelmed because there's mm-hmm. so much knowledge that he has. And someone like Christian, he does a really good job of just sprinkling it in there. He trickles it in yes. there with a dropper. Here you go. Here that you was- go. Yeah. I came from working with an equipped lifter who was great and all, but was just not able to yeah. translate that to what I needed for raw. Yeah. And so the way for those who don't know how I got like linked to Christian is <laughs> one day I posted a uh, box squat on my Instagram and Zach, and I'll give Zach credit here. And I was very nice about this. And this was not like unsolicited advice, but Zach very nicely replied, sent me a message and was like, Hey, um, why are you rocking back on that box squat? <laughs> and I thought I had the answer. I was like, oh, because you want to deload your hips and it makes it harder to get out of the hole. And then when I just go straight bar with no box, it's going to be easier. And Zach was just like, okay, cool. Can I just um, show you how my coach box squat? And I said, fine. And all he shows me Christian's profile. And it was like a really nice looking box squat, but I didn't understand why that would have been better for me. And I didn't know who Christian was. I, I knew who Julia was, but I didn't know who Christian was. So I was just like, all right, fine, whatever. And I went off about my day and didn't really listen um, until the pandemic hit. And I still had Christian in the back of my brain. It was like, I want a real coach. And you know who's always, whose lifts always look good or Zach. <laughs> and so I started like, stalking Christian's page. And I was like, dang, this guy actually like really pretty lips like i mean that in the best way possible but like, <laughs> he's a pretty lifter like yeah. it looks he like, looks very well and he's a raw lifter right and so when i remember i was talking to him about um working with him he called me and one of the first things he said on the phone was um look i it looks like you've been working with an equipped person have you <laughs> I said, yes, sir. He goes, okay, cool. That's fine. But, um, we got a lot to fix. (laughs) So, but he, and there was a lot wrong with every lift I had and there still is, but he is very good about just, I'm going to give you one cue to work on this week. I'm not going to tell you all 10 things I see and me, especially he knows 
how overwhelmed I get. Um, so much so to the point where we were talking about Stacey Burr. She's got a seminar next weekend in Austin with Trevor Jaffe. And because you and I already went to Trevor's seminar in January, Christian mm-hmm. was like, I think it's a smart move for you to not go to this one. Yeah, you get overwhelmed yeah. too much. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, really? I think you'd be cool. He goes, it's always beneficial. He goes, I know enough about how you are and you're going to take every cue that Trevor gives you and you're going to want to work right now. And we can't, we can't do it. So he knows when to pump the brakes for me, but yeah, he's very good about just, I'm going to just have you work on this one thing. Once we fix that, we'll add something else to the point where those initial cues are now automatic, which is really cool. Yeah. And it's, it's at first it's frustrating. Oh yeah. <laughs> and you get very discouraged. I remember the first few weeks sending him videos and I knew something would be wrong with everything, but it's, it gets hard to hear it. Like, it all does. right, what's wrong now? But you know, you know, it's for the better. And then when you finally get a like, yes, or good job, it's like, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> and then you, when you send one that you thought was horrible, he replies, it's actually not that bad. Yeah. And all of a sudden, your standard of what's good and bad is being raised like over time, a little at a time. And it's like, yeah. now, you know, that there's a phrase that I live by. It's called good, better, best. Never let it rest until your good is better and your better is best. Okay. My mom told me that when I was little. And I was like, I don't understand that. And she goes, <laughs> just remember it and you will. Because there's never a time in your life that your good can't get better and your better can't become best. Mm-hmm. So the term, never let it rest until your good is better and your better is best, that means keep working at it until that good becomes best. Get that good, better, best, and you know keep working until it becomes the best. And then... As I got older, I realized even when that good becomes best, there's still something to add to it because, and it helps you to see that, yeah. because then when you mature and you grow and you learn more, what might've been your best at this point in your life might become a good, no longer is yeah. it even a better. It just, it restarts over and over. It's just re-evolved like this continuous cycle of constantly progressing yourself. And you, you, we can't, being stagnant in life and lifting and anything like that, it's like death. We, mm-hmm. we can't be stagnant. Um, so to encourage ourselves and have someone like uh, Christian as a coach who encourages us to be better constantly, where we're constantly increasing our standards for ourselves. And like, he's not, like, he's honestly not mean. He's got a standard that he expects you as his client to uphold and have some integrity with that. But he's an upstanding guy, super good coach, and he has taught more people, in my opinion, than I have seen any other coach like give to his clients the way Christian does. Because he really (laughs) pours himself into them. He's so good at, so say he sees something wrong he's not always immediately going to be like this is wrong and this is why yeah. he might be like well this is wrong but can you tell me why or yeah tell me why what's wrong this yeah yeah tell me what, oh and i'm always i've gotten better 
about knowing it and being able to answer him, but sometimes I still answer him and he'll be like, no, (laughs) good try. (laughs) There's been times where I've been like, well, it's my glutes doing this and it's my knees doing this. And like one day he responded, it was to a deadlift and his response was, no, I think this was all mental, but (laughs) okay. (laughs) I get those two over the last couple of years. It's gotten to where if I have any breakdown, or I do something wrong, I can say it. And when I send him something, he's like, I agree with that. I can see that. He says, but look at this too. Yeah. Some more. So he always harps on me. You're getting to the point to where you can program yourself in this and that. Yeah. And you're right. I could, but I keep Christian on as my coach one, because he's a tremendous coach Two, I'm loyal but three, I know how I am, and I know if I have a lift where I have some breakdown or something like that, I'm still going to ask him. And I know how he right. is, and I know he would answer me. But I don't want to take advantage of his kindness because if I'm not paying him to be my coach, I shouldn't be sending him videos going, hey, I had this breakdown. What do you think? Right. Even though I've worked with him for so long. Like, I am so loyal to that. I never want to take advantage of his kindness that I I want to stay on with him until I get to a point to where every single time I send him a video and I tell him what I think is wrong, he agrees with me 100% of the time. That's a good goal. And I think that would be when I'm ready to be on my own. If he listens, I don't know if he listens to any of these, but if he does, he's going to be like, oh, I'm stuck with him now. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he told no, me he might have to force me to start doing my own stuff, at least for an off season. Yeah, I can see that. Just not writing you. Or he'd almost be like, your, I don't want to say babysitter, but kind of. He's my mentor. Where, like, he's babysitter. definitely my mentor. Yeah. That's a way like, better word. Why did I say babysitter? Because <laughs> I'm a, I'm a powerlifting princess who needs to be coddled. <laughs> I don't need my diaper change sometimes. <laughs> so I think though, it's, go oh, ahead. No, 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 you're good. Go ahead. What you're saying, this is the, the last topic we can talk about after you finish what you were saying. This might segue into that. This is what I think it is. But, uh-huh. um, I think with Christian too, and I, you could probably say this about really any good coach is for me, finally like hiring a coach has done like, has made a world of difference, like in my mental health aspect mm-hmm. of this sport too. Um, it gives me someone to report to. And yeah, granted, he's not always going to say the best things, but he always like wants to see me do better. And I feel like if I were just trying to figure this out on my own, there'd be so many days where I wouldn't even go do the workout yep. or I wouldn't care or I just max out for fun, you know? Whereas when I have him, I've got someone who, if I, if it's a bad day and it's because I didn't control the controllables, then he and I have to have a talk because it's not just, oh, you think it's a bad day because it was a max effort lift and we had some breakdown. No, we expect that to a point on max effort lifts, but if it's a bad day because you said it's going to be a bad day and you went out like drinking the night before and now you're hungover and can't do the workout I gave you, do the training I gave you, now we got a problem. Yeah. So <laughs> that sounds like him. 
and we've had talks before too where I've for I say I'm 31 now but like my early 20s like I had a hard time with drinking like I was drinking a lot and this comes unfortunately with service industry working in a restaurant you're around it all the time always around it and you get off work and it's 11 o'clock 12 o'clock at night there's nothing to do but you can't wind down so everyone goes to the bar so it becomes this it really it's very easy for it to become a cycle where it's like every night it's like go to work wind down at the bar with coworkers. and it's a stress i mean the service industry is stressful you're busy people are getting mad at you people don't want to wait for their food food's coming out wrong they're mad at you and it's, it's not your fault yeah, and I'm like, I didn't cook your steak. I'm sorry. Um, but it gets hard. You, you hear that for like eight hours, and then all of a sudden, it's time to go home. And even now, these days, when I'm not going out and drinking, still, I get home, and I'm like sitting here like, I'm still so wired. I got to go to bed. Um, but yeah, so for a while, like, alcohol was just how I coped with everything. And it took it took getting a DWI and when I get that 2017, which kind of will force you to be sober. Cause in Texas, they hit you hard with DWIs. Yes. They don't mess around with that kind of stuff. Yeah. Texas is not the place. Don't, I mean, don't get one in general, but especially not in Texas, but it took getting that. And that's when I started working out with that camp gladiator stuff for me to be like, all right, I, I can't live like this anymore, you know? And so with powerlifting, what that's done and granted look yeah that gives me like a safe space and you know a lot of people use the gym for training in that kind of way like you can block out everything i can go in and i can hurt in a way which is like getting a pump or whatnot that's good for my body but it really has forced me to elevate my mindset and this even just happened yesterday like i had a, a really like bad sumo pull he wanted a two rep max on a stiff bar and it just i can I'm bad at sumo anyway, guys. Like, I'm just, we're, I'm so new to it that I'm not yet at a good position with it. So I couldn't get in a position and I got really upset and I had a, threw a little temper tantrum in the, in the gym and I was crying. <laughs> and I sent Kristen the video and I'm just like, I'm sorry for this. This is awful. I hate this. And um, he actually messaged me last night. He goes, I'll respond to you tomorrow, but just know that a bad training day, only gets better because of our mindset and how we approach the next. That's right. So it's for me now it's not even, Oh, how can I push myself in the gym? But it's how can I mentally push myself with this? Because if I go in and say, I can't do this. I suck at this, which I do with sumo. Sometimes I do. I talk to myself like that, but guess what? Like the session's going to suck. And talk to yourself, talk yourself up, have some confidence. And it's hard, but it is very hard. And that's where like Christian's good too, because sometimes like we have talked about this where we'll be like, this lift was sucked and I'm bad at this. And Christian will be like, well, I'm going to fight you because it's not as bad as you think it is. Yeah, that's right. So okay. speaking about mental health and everything, mm-hmm. a while back, and I can't remember how long ago it was when I first started the podcast, you around that time, you got a tattoo on your forearm. Oh yeah, this isn't. People can't see audio, but I'll show you. Yeah, it's a it's a forty five pound plate with what exactly is it? Is it got some? It says, um, it says weak things break, which is Louis Simmons. Yeah, and it's got some chains around it. Yeah, I got that in December because yeah. I remember getting, it and then you were like, 
let's do the podcast. I was like, ah, ah. <laughs> do I have to? Because um, you were open about some stuff that you were struggling with in the yeah. past. That's been pretty private. Yeah. And so, and it's, if you can talk about how people, this is cliche, this sport helps people mentally, but it does because I mean, there's a community in this sport. If we, yeah. if you don't mind sharing, you know, mm-hmm. a brief story of that is whatever you're comfortable with. I know it can get kind of touchy on some of that. No, it's okay. And I have thought about it too, but I guess we'll, and we may not need to say it, but we're going to say uh, trigger warning self-harm because sometimes you don't say that. You don't know what people are going through and it'll yeah. catch them off guard. But yeah, so basically like when I was middle school and high school for a long time, I had issues with depression and anxiety, but a lot of us do like, you know, yeah. it's just day and age we're in. We suffer from that. Um, and I found a way to cope through, unfortunately, self-harm. And at the time it was cutting, it was hair pulling, it was binging and purging. If I didn't have like anything sharp, it would be just scratching until skin was raw. It was like for a little bit there, it was bad. And as I got older, I kind of stopped, but I like replaced all that with alcohol. So now I was just getting drunk all the time. And it was literally the point where I had the shakes in the morning if I wasn't drinking. So yeah, it was like for me to get through a work shift, like it was bad. I would be like shaking, handing people like their drinks and I'd be sweating and be, I would be waiting to get off work so I could drink more because I knew it was going to make it better. So all that finally cleared up, but it took a while for me to get the self-harm under control. Um, Even, let's see, I can even tell you, the last time I did it was last year. It was like May 3rd or 4th. Um, And that was, I was just in a bad situation. I was actually staying in Indiana for a month with someone and stuff was like, yeah, now I'm kind of like, ah, Indiana, Christian, wow. But it was a bad situation, needed to get out. Um, but some stuff had kind of come to a head and the pandemic didn't help. And I hurt myself then. And I told myself, like, as I was driving back to Texas, um, I wasn't going to do it anymore. And actually, it's funny. It was as soon as I crossed the border into Texas, I got pulled over. <laughs> and I, just, I guess I was going a little fast, but the cop gave me a warning. But I, you know, had my hands on the steering wheel and he looked at my arm and my arm was just a mess from self-harm and he was like are you okay and I said yes sir I'm just trying to get out of a bad situation and he thought someone did all that to me yeah and I was like well I was like well no but it's okay because that person's in Indiana like there's everything's fine I just I just need to get home and so he let me go and it's very observant of him to see that and ask yeah, and I think that's part of their training, though, is probably yeah. thinking it was, like, domestic abuse. Yeah. And it's really hard to tell someone, like, well, no, I actually did it to myself. kind of uh, weird. Um, but, yeah, I told myself I wasn't going to do it anymore. And uh, since the left arm is normally the arm I'd go for because I'm right-hand mm-hmm. dominant, I told myself, we're going to get a tattoo right here. And it actually covers up a lot of where the scars are now. If you see it in person and look at it, you still see the scars, but I kind of don't mind that because now when I sh- when people see it and look at it, they're like, they immediately see, they're like, oh, you went through some stuff, huh? Yeah. And um, I said, yeah, but like, look at it now. It's something that I love. And I love that, like, Louis Simmons, 
a little different, but I really love that weak things break. Yeah. It's, it's a very, very simple. relatable thing because it, it, it fits into yeah. everything even more than powerlifting. Yeah. So now we're at a point like hiring Christian help because it put me on a routine. It gave me someone to report to. It was even like signing up for a meet. And I, we have, I have like personal reasons why I was not a fan of doing this meet after going to years. <laughs> but it's, but we're, we're working through that. It's local. It's close. Um, and everyone at my gym was like, just do it, dude. Let's, let's, get, let's get out there. And so being in meat prep also helps keep my head on straight because even now I have coworkers who are like, let's go get a drink. And they don't get it when I say, well, I'm in meat prep. They don't know what that means. They think I'm like prepping for a bodybuilding show. <laughs> I'm like, I appreciate that, but no. Um, and yeah, like I said, if I were to go get wasted and then have a crap max effort day the next day, Christian's going to see it. He might not know like that I'm hungover, but yeah. he'll know something's wrong. You feel like you let him down. Um, yeah, and then we probably have to have a conversation about it. So it just helps. And Christian, this is just another reason he's great. I remember there was one week, this was before meat prep, but I was going through it, and I don't even really know what it was, but, like, my depression was high. I didn't want to be in the gym. I, wanted, I was, like, not even getting out of bed. And I told him, I was like, I haven't done any of my workouts this week. Like, I can't get my head in it. And he was like, that's okay. We're going to take a step back. I think it was like a Thursday or a Friday. He goes, if you can for me, try to get one workout in, but I want you to try to go outside and get some walks in. And he goes, and that's, that's it. Like, just try to do that for me. And it helped. And by the next week, I was like, let's go. Let's get back in it. Um, so it's just nice having a person where you can be like, I'm sure you know this too, when you're like, this is hard. I got to, yeah. like, life's taking a turn right now. Yeah. He's, he understands that, but oh, yeah, he definitely so. does. Cause I hit him with a, Hey, I'm, I know we're in the middle of a meat prep right now, but life has just hit the fan and the fans on high and I, we can't turn it off. <laughs> so for a while, yeah, I kind of thought you died. <laughs> Everybody was like, what's going on, Zach? Are you okay? It's like, no, life's taking priority right now. Yeah. Like, and there's some still, some still unknowns, but we're optimistic and life's better. So, I figured it's time to move forward with things and, and Christian's very understandable about all that kind of stuff. And he told me when I let him know, it's like, Hey, there's a lot of stuff going on right now. I can't go into deep detail, but I can't, I can't do meat prep. He goes, okay, that's, that's great. Just let me know when you can get back in the gym and we'll start something. He said, just let me know if I can do anything for you. And I took over a month off. Yeah. I remember though, in the podcast, he was like, you don't give me enough info. Like, I don't know if you were hurt or if life, like what was happening. Yeah. Like, I, and I didn't even know, but if you're hurt, I need to know. Yeah. Cause usually like, cause I, cause I'm really good about, Hey, some things that come up in life and I can't do something. I'm really good about that. But in prep, if something's hurting, I won't say nothing. Oh, okay. So that's, that's what he was meaning. <laughs> Interesting. But yeah, it's just, it's wild now, like as we talked about, you know, how you have to talk to yourself as a lifter. I almost can, I don't know if it's, if I want to say it like this, but almost like trained the depression out of me because it's yeah. hard to go into the gym and be like, life sucks. I want to die. I can't do this. Well, then why, why am I even training? You know, mm-hmm. what's, what's the point? So you really have to flip that switch on how you talk to yourself and be like, no, 
I'm worth it. I can do this. I can complete this bench press or whatever it might be. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, this sport has just helped me elevate my mindset so much in a way and just the community and the people I've gotten to meet from it. And, you know, everyone's got their stuff. Like everybody has a story. Everyone's got some kind of trauma they could unpack and we could spend a whole nother episode unpacking that, but nobody wants to listen to that. No trauma and past experiences and things like that. Like we don't have enough time in a day to talk about the crap that I've went through in life. And I know that other people in the world go through things too. And I try to open up a little bit about things on some of my episodes because as scary as it is, it allows people to see the inside of my mind a little bit. Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. like Paul, like he messaged me after the podcast because he's going to air this Monday. He's like, I totally get you so much more now. Like I completely get you. Like it it was a pleasure for you telling me part of your story Mm -hmm. because it it was a good one. It's like, it was deep and I liked conversations like that. It was, you know, training related and things like that. And I ain't a lot to you. I was a little intimidated I shouldn't have been. (laughs) No, he's chill. He's super chill, super awesome. And I just, and I can see like he was open about, you know, he's, went and seen therapists and things like that. I never have. I've never seen a therapist before in my life. I had a, I think it was called a resource worker or something like that at school when I was in foster care. Yeah. And he was really cool because he'd take me and do things with me. And he like, he meant, he was a police officer uh-huh. and he would, you know, mentor me a little bit through um, elementary school. And he did a lot with me and it wasn't just mm-hmm. to sit in a classroom and talk for a few minutes. So he went and did things with me and I was like, where and I don't remember seeing that anywhere else. And I just, it was so good. And someone's calling me and I don't know who it is. I'm not going to answer. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> let, let, let's listen and see what it is. It's going to be on the air. No, I'm not going to. Cause I can't share. I don't know who it is. Mm-hmm. I, I, I couldn't have a way to share it with all of us. I think oh, it's going to put you, you on, it, it'll put you on hold. Because <laughs> it's going to be one of those. This is so and so from this car dealership with your extended car warranty. Your extended warranty. <laughs> ah. My favorite is when they're like, "This is our last time calling," yeah. and it's never. Or this is the IRS calling you about your taxes. Like, are you kidding me? No, that's not. That's I paid scam. my taxes because I owed last year. Yeah, I always service industry. I always owe. Yeah. Well, I, sorry we went on a little. A side note, but you can finish. You you just talking about like you getting into the community of this sport and helping you. Yeah, and it's just cool to. I'm trying to get out more and see more. And we actually had a conference here not long ago called Fit On, and I met a couple of pretty cool girls, Christy Sine and Bonnie Schroeder. Bonnie is that one of the chicks from the Hate brand, mm-hmm. HVII, the clothing company Hate. Um, and I posted that photo and actually Christian messaged me and was like, I think it's really cool that you're like getting out there and like meeting some of these strong women. Um, he said, you seem, you said you're introverted, but I don't believe it at all. I said, I'm so introverted. And you you don't understand how weird I am when these people come up. Even I drove to Oklahoma in December and met, um, Trevor and Riley Mm -hmm. at the depth before honor meet and, 
you know, I had talked to Riley more than Trevor. So like I gave her a hug and I reminded Trevor who I was because I had bugged him DMs about some of his videos. And even like everyone had to go to the back for like warm ups. And Trevor stood next to me for like 20 minutes and just talked to me. And I remember saying to him, I was like, you don't have to stay here and talk to me. I'm okay. Like you can, you can go hang out with your people. And he literally like gave me the, like the eyebrow raised emoji and was like, what a weird thing to say. Like, and then it helped me see like, these are people I see on Instagram all the time. They have so many followers, but at the end of the day, they're all regular people. They're real people. I remember at the seminar, Unfortunately, we couldn't with Tony as spend as much time with Tony because he went. He actually had a friend. It was really close, so he was went and spent some time with a good friend of his. But and Ashley, he went and and, out at gym, yeah, yeah. So Ashley and I was actually able to take Trevor out to eat, and we probably spent two and a half, three hours there talking at a restaurant, and it was super good talking with him. Super down to earth people. Did y'all go get Panda Express? Was that what you did? We were supposed <laughs> to. But then they were being jerks. <laughs> oh, I thought they were the ones that wanted it. No, Panda Express was being jerks. Oh, Panda Express. So I go in there, and I'm like, okay, there's no seats in here. You can't yeah. sit down in there. So I go in there, and I'm going, okay, I want a thing of noodles, and I want some orange chicken, and then I want a side thing of this, and then I want to get a separate yeah. side of this. We don't do that. We just do plates. I was like, the heck you do. I want just this. Like, no, we yeah. only do plates. Well, you get noodle, veggie, veggie, and meat. That's it. I was like, I just want, can you not just put it in? No, we do. I was like, you know what? I'm leaving. <laughs> Left. I didn't realize. Left. Left. <laughs> and then that was, that was before, because we were trying to figure out how I was going to eat with Trevor. And so Ashley and right. I went to Panda Express before we met with Trevor and we was trying to figure this all out. And I was letting her know, this is what I want to order. We're going to get it all. We're going to eat at the hotel with right. Trevor in the, the dining area or whatever it is. Yeah. Because their seating at the Panda Express was closed. Well, on the way back to the hotel where we was going to meet Trevor, Trevor messages us, hey, 15, 20 minutes, I'll be ready. And we can go somewhere. And then we talked to him. He's like, you know what? Let's go to a restaurant. We can sit down in. So that's what we did. I don't know where we went, but it was super good. I ordered a steak. Now I wonder where you did go. <sighs> Shoot. I don't know. I can't think of the name of it. It was really good. It was super, super good. It's like a lodgy looking place. Oh, uh, well, I still, in Texas, I can still do a lot of things. Yeah. But. but no, it was great meeting those people. And then the ones that, you know, like powerlifters in general, they're, they're people. All of yeah. them are people like Chad Pinson. Like I met him a couple of years ago at a deadlift event here in Arkansas. Yeah, that's wild. I Super cool people. And then here he goes, just boom, out of nowhere. <laughs> well, I say, I say out of nowhere. I didn't know who he was, but I was really like, this is I was kid. watching him and I was seeing the numbers that he's putting up. I'm going, eh, I can see him yeah. winning it. And then that, that he went to the hybrid and he kind of showed out at the hybrid. And I was like, oh my gosh, he might can do it. It was pretty sure awesome. Enough. But I, when you talked about the mental health and things like that, I never had issues with like self-harm and things like that, but I, I knew some people and I have known some people that have. Mm-hmm. And it seems like the common denominator with the ones, and I don't mean to put y'all on a group of people awesome. who finally get over 
those that hurdle like like you you know like the smoker finally quitting for good or like the drunk yeah. that's finally quit and got sober for good and not going to mm-hmm. relapse type things when they finally have that clarity about it well they don't have the temptations anymore it seems like and you can correct me if i'm wrong cuz you know more about it than i do cuz like i i know depression is real i know that i've went through it I know that I have it at times, but I don't know what it is, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Like, I, I can't, I'm a very quiet person. You can ask my wife. I'm, I'm a very introvert. Um, people make me nervous. I get nervous even doing these podcasts. I struggle breathing <laughs> doing podcasts. Like, I get a lot of anxiety from it. And this is a uh-huh. way of helping me grow. And I decided to jump headfirst into it. And it's helped me be able to, correlate who I am, my thoughts a lot better right? with people. Cause a lot of times, and you probably got this, like if you didn't know me the first time you saw me, you'd be like, that guy's just a prick. I mean, <laughs> no, actually, was like, you, you got kind of mean. I remember. <laughs> Cause I always look like I'm mad at the world. I got resting <laughs> B face and it's yeah, like, <laughs> and it's just how I always look. And it's not that I'm mad or nothing like that. It's just, I'm to myself. I'm, in, I'm thinking in my head all the time. I've got a million thoughts going through my brain, racing through my brain all the time. Like if we go somewhere, I've already thought about the scenario a hundred different ways. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Like I, I think about all kinds of weird stuff all the time. Like I have more anxiety when I was walking through Dallas with Christian, Julia, Noah and Hannah and Ashley and yep. McKenzie. Cause I was watching for them the whole time. And Christian at one point looked at me and goes, I finally figured out what you're doing. I was like, what is that? He goes, you're looking and watching every step they make to make sure no one's trying to hurt them or anything. I was like, yes. Yeah. And I'm always like that about everything. And I think about these kind of things like, and I told him, I was like, at that point, I said, there's six guys across the street over there. There's four over here. There's three up there. There's two behind us. And he's like, whoa. (laughs) And I was telling him, this is the way I am. I observe all these things. And I didn't go in the military. Um, I just, I, I never did. I just, I don't know why I never pulled the trigger on that, but I, I was raised around I, my dad, well, my adoptive dad was drafted in the army and yeah. he didn't have that mentality so much as so, but he was always aware of the situation, Situa- uh-huh. situation awareness is what they call it. Right. And he explained that to me. He wasn't very, he's not an intense person, but he always explained that to me. Just always be aware of things surrounding you, not necessarily for your safety, but for your loved one's safety. He said, when you're on a four wheeler, when you're on a tractor, when you're on a car, when you're doing any of these things, because I was using a chainsaw at seven years old. (laughs) I grew up like I was, I've done a bunch of things and I'm very experienced in a lot of things. Like I wasn't coddled at all. Right. So he was explaining these things to me. And now that it pays attention, like you have to be aware when you have a chainsaw nearly as tall as you are in your hand, you better be very aware. And I, yeah. you know, just, it, it, that just translate translated in his just turn into everything in my life. So I'm very aware of all of my surroundings. And what's crazy about that is on meat day as I shut all that off. That's cool. I wish I could do that. Because I have this weird, uh, like, <sighs> I don't know if you're this way. You might be, but I get to where I can't hardly breathe if I stand in front of people and talk. 
yeah, I don't like it either. <laughs> like my, my breathing Honestly. gets messed up. Like, especially like even teaching a class for kids. I get that way. Really? It's like, oh gosh. And eventually I get calmed down and I can breathe. But on meet day, I'm so afraid for people to notice me. Mm-hmm. I've always been a, afraid to be noticed. And yeah, if, I, if everyone could turn around when I lift, that would be lovely. <laughs> so I always struggle with my head position until meet day because there's a huh. crowd in front of me and I don't want to look at anybody. Yeah. So I'll look above them. That's interesting because I remember at our seminar, you were looking down like on squats and Trevor was like, why are you looking down? That's where the bar's going to go. <laughs> but like on so meet day and stuff, I, I look up. Yeah. Weird. You, it's good, like, you throw yourself into it. Because same with, like, talking in front of a crowd. When I became a, an instructor for Camp Gladiator, like, that is group fitness. Like, mm-hmm. and I was terrified. Like, because you have to be loud, and you got to keep that energy going. And I was like, this isn't me. But by the end of my time doing it, it was me. Like, yeah, you, you're you, good. You learn. Now, people didn't like my workout because they were too hard. <laughs> Too extreme. Yeah, you'd get people who would only go to certain trainers because they were like, oh, well, some people like a really hard workout, so they knew who the hard trainers were, and some people wanted easy. It was interesting. That's cool. Yeah, so hard. But what I I guess I had a really long-winded answer to that, but like what I was saying is basically what everybody has the same that have gotten over things that they can relate to is they found something to turn a negative energy into a positive self helping instead of like, I guess I don't know which, how you would call that, but a helpful energy instead of a harmful energy. Yeah. They took something and they could apply that energy and turn it into something positive. Mm-hmm. Now there's days I still have to harness it. And this gets hard for me because Christian isn't such a big fan of like training back to back days, you know, and a lot of coaches aren't because you need yeah. that rest day. And Especially for strength day, training. The rest days still get tough. And there have been days where like I'll go on a day where I'm supposed to be off just because my anxiety's going and I know I need to, it's, it gets to a point where I'm like, well, I'm either going to go work out or I'm going to do something harmful that I shouldn't be doing. Yeah. Like, binge drinking or something so and i'll send him the videos and i'll be like you know i know i wasn't supposed to go today but for my head i needed to go today he's never like no why'd you go he's not gonna critique you on that well maybe try especially being in a prep right now maybe Mm -hmm. because i was telling ashley this a couple days ago whenever the north north dallas gym they they on their instagram page they posted something Mm -hmm. i did name the gym right didn't i my gym north dallas strength yeah yeah. (laughs) Okay, well, um, there was a guy wearing a crop top, and he had a big belly. Yeah. He had a big belly. Yep. <laughs> and I said, yep. and I looked at that, and then the, the next frame was a guy showing creatine. Yeah. <laughs> I said, thing. that gym environment is so cool. They're, they're wild. And that, but they it's, it becomes like a, from the outside looking in, it seems like it's a very close niche, family-oriented atmosphere. It is, and that has helped so, yes. so, so much for me. It's been, it's the first gym I've ever walked into where someone is immediately there to spot me, like yes. to a point where, and I am not that person where I really like being spotted, but these guys are like, they no, know how spotting. to. We know how to spot yeah, they you. Spotted you. Yes. 
they're not grabbing the bar, but they're always there. And even like, yeah, I had to do max effort bench, a two rep max with Buffalo bar to a one board and chains the other day. And I remember we took like 145 and I got it for one, but it it was a real rocky one. And I, I went, nope. And I was about to re-rack it and I had a guy spotting me and I got a guy holding the Mm -hmm. one board and they both were like, no, you are doing it. Go. And I mean, we got it. And actually rep two was way cleaner than rep one, but they were like, see, you gotta, and Christian even would used to get on to me when I wouldn't get a handoff or have a spot because he would be like, look, it's not even, I mean, yes, we want you to be safe. That's number one. But also like people will hype you up. I promise you. you Having somebody there. Yeah. Just helping you. And then, and I can tell you this, using a bow bar, a Buffalo bar, Duffalo bar. I guarantee you not a single one of those guys questioned why were you using a bar that was used technically for bench to give more range of motion to a one board. They understood why. Okay. Well, no, this was funny because they actually roasted me for it. They really? Like, they didn't understand it? No, well, it wasn't that, but they were just kind of like, the one board part seems weird. And so I actually asked Christian, and I was like, Christian, why did I get roasted from a variation? <laughs> and he kind of laughed and he explained, he's like, well, we're not it looking for added make, range of motion. Yeah, he said it doesn't make sense to give you the full range of motion of the buffalo bar when you're still learning how to bench. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we're going to take it to a one board. He said, but you are still at a bit of a deficit even with the one board. So mm-hmm. I want, but I wanted tricep recruitment, and I wanted you to have a hard lockout. And I think we got both of those. And so then I went back in the gym and I explained that, and then the guys were like. Okay, that makes sense. But yeah, that was that bar. That's my Yeah, see, I get like, every time I post something, and I'm using uh, one board with a bow bar. I get the same. Somebody DMs me or comments, "What's the purpose of that?" And I'm like, yeah. "Okay." I explain it even in the caption. Sometimes we're not looking yeah. for added range of motion here. We're looking because this bar makes me press in a manner to where I'm actually going to flare more. If you watch, yeah. you flare more with that bar. I'm an yeah. over tucker on bench. I've been doing that too. <laughs> we all do for security, like stability part. We feel more stable. Yeah. But when I use that bar, it forces us to press on more of an outward motion. Yeah. How are you grabbing a bar? Aren't we not supposed to try to pull it apart, press out? Yeah. When you do that, you incorporate more chest, you incorporate more tricep. So it makes but sense. That- to use that bar to a one board because we're not wanting that extra. Now, if you're in a hypertrophy phase and in, in the off season, trigger warning for whoever hates the hypertrophy block. <laughs> <laughs> so I can see using it, but yeah. the bar one, it's a heavier bar. It's thicker. It's going to force you to press in a different manner. Conjugate is changing the, the st- stimulus. So what is that going to do yep. there? There you go. Yep. That has been the only variation though, where they were kind of like, "Oh, mm, don't get it." Don't get it. Everything else I've done, like, because it's it's weird the way the gym is kind of divided. Like, you got your raw guys, and then you've got your equipped conjugate guys. And yeah. so, because I'm like raw conjugate, I kind of fit in the middle. But uh-huh. whenever I get like a fun variation, the conjugate crew is always like, "Hell yeah, we gotta record it. We gotta like <laughs> do a weird." Cambered bar with chains and whatnot. I don't know. They they love it, but Tilly yeah, makes you do front cool. squats with the cambered bar. I don't want. That I had to do life. a three rep max two meets ago. Like I tell you, it was horrible. I was so angry. I, I was I was throwing a tantrum. 
Front squats with a rackable camera bar. That's terrible. Yes. It was like, horrid. I'll 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 look it up on my Instagram and show it to you. And I was oh. like I was throwing a tantrum all morning. Like I was angry about this setup. Going there, did pretty decent. Thought I was gonna die. Like I thought I was gonna pass out. It was that hard. I sent it to Christian. He goes, "That's exactly what we needed." I was like, yeah. "He goes, that's perfect." He goes, "I can't say nothing. It's perfect." Kind of hate that sometimes though, because he's he knows these variations that are gonna be extra sucky, and yeah. So sometimes I'll read my program and I'll be like, "That looks so fun," and I go, "I bet it's not. It's not gonna be when I get to Don't it." Don't fall for that trick. It's a trick. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like that. The... Oh, it's cool. I get a fun bar and I get yeah. chains or I get pants. No, mm. nothing fun about it. <laughs> no, nothing fun about it. I remember he had a bow bar squat against double. Something or another, double bands, light bands or whatever. They're not light whatsoever. The bands are horrible. Yeah. And I was thinking, this is going to be nice. It's a single, it's just bands, bow bar, good day. And yeah. it took off. Like I was at this time, I was doing triples and doubles at 530 to 560 on the setups, on, you know, with chains and stuff like that. So it was like 530 with 120 in chains, 550 with 500, uh, 120 in chains for sets of uh, reps. I'm thinking, this is going to be fun. I'm going to get five, 550, close to 600 pounds. I had like 440. It could almost died. <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, holy cow. He goes, that's it. That's why we do it. Yep. That's exactly it. That's wild. Well, we're at an hour and 39 minutes on this recording. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we so, should probably cut it. So yes. You don't lose your <laughs> I greatly appreciate you coming on. I know you was a little nervous yeah. about it. Yeah, no, it, it's not. If anyone is ever trying to do a podcast, it's not as bad as you think. I don't know yeah. if that's anything that is going to help anyone, but it's, it's just. People like, like the conversations. Talk. People like the conversations. Yeah. And people like to learn more about other lifters. Like we've got yeah. a gym member who isn't a power lifter. She's just very motivated gym member. And she yeah. lets, she's very avid on the podcast. Like, oh, I like this one. Oh, I like that one. Oh. And she, when she hears people's stories and things like that, she loves it. And she's probably going to, her name is Ashley Haney. She's going to try to be at the, oh. the meet in July. We follow each other. Yeah, yeah. she's yeah. super cool. And she's new to the gym and she's super motivated. Yeah. And we're trying to get her into it and, you know, help her out. And she's loving the podcast. Okay, awesome. Well, I'll see Ashley there. Yay, that'll be fun. Yeah, but, um. How would people reach you if they want to get in contact with you? Oh, yeah, that part. Um, just on Instagram, it's Robin Fortis, R-O-B-I-N underscore underscore F-O-R-T-I-S. That's the best way. Yeah. No uh, unsolicited advice on lifts. And no talking about women peeing on the platform. Yeah, I'll block you. That's aggravating. <laughs> no beta males. Is that what it's called? Beta males, beta male, whatever, whatever it is. I don't know the lingos. Yeah. I don't either. But. but anyway, um, if anybody wants to reach me, they can contact me on Instagram. Before I get too far on this, remind me, I need to ask you one last question because I forgot to ask Paul and I'm going to get in trouble for it. But if anybody wants to reach me, you can reach me at ZachFant18 at gmail.com. You can reach me at ZachFant18 on Instagram. Um, you can, if you want to contact me about coaching or anything like that, click on the links in my Instagram and I have all that on there. 
If you're interested in lifting gear, you can go to Cerberus.com, use uh, Fant10 to get 10% off. And if you want to get some amazing sub, uh, supplements from a fantastic company called Subject Zero Supplements, you, go, you can go to their website. Their link is also in my bio on Instagram, and you can use Fant10 also to save 10%. Thank you, guys. And before we get off here, I'm going to ask Robin, if you had one food to eat for the rest of your life and you were stuck on an <laughs> island, what would it be? I knew it was coming, so I thought about it. Also, uh, side note, when Christian said quesadillas, I went and made a quesadilla after that. because I was They're good. <laughs> it's an easy way to eat all your macros in a meal. I didn't get that. Um, I would say like hibachi fried rice because carb protein and you can get some fat from the sauce. But what? I also, Steak or chicken? Steak. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm a steak I think man. also... My roommate and I have been talking about hibachi, and it's just been on the brain. So that's my answer. My wife is coming back from Texarkana, so I might have her pick up sushi and hibachi steak. Yeah. I haven't ate like I'm supposed to today, so I'm going to eat pretty good now. Well, thank you, Robin. This was great. Thank you. Hope everybody enjoys.